This is John Halsman, and welcome to the latest Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast, where we make sense of the beguiling new world that we live in. And I wanted to get this one out to you because I'm hitting the road again, starting with the great Informa event in Barcelona, which is a touchstone of our year. Uh, my chief of staff, John Goodnight, and I are going to be in Barcelona uh, for the American midterm elections to give a keynote address and to play a war game on what a post-Ukrainian world will look like. And this is going to be exciting, see a lot of old friends, make a lot of new friends, and in doing so, uh, really get a chance to test my theses with an awful lot of very smart people out there. So I look forward to going, as always, and, and meeting and trying to think through these fundamental issues. But before going, of course, I wanted to leave you with our Monday podcast. And I thought we'd look at Brazil, because we're always talking about bad news. There is a huge predilection in the business to talk about in risk in negative ways. Even the word risk is seen as negative rather than having opportunities balanced against calamities. And what's happened in Brazil ought to be a hugely positive story out there, and yet people breathe a sigh of relief and move on rather than seeing this now as a significant investment opportunity. So the first problem political risk people have with what happens in Brazil is to say, gosh, crisis averted, no civil war, let's move on, rather than seeing all the reasons that Brazil is now a very attractive option to invest. For one thing, Brazil is, of course, resource heavy. Natural resources are the strength of Brazil. And even a world slowing down needs natural resources. It's not a thing that you can do without. And so because Brazil plays a very savvy game with both the United States and China, which is its largest trading partner, look for Brazil to continue to do well across the board with its resources out there. So that's that's point one. Point two, people worry that they wouldn't have stability. There would be civil war, that Bolsonaro the populist, rightist leader of Brazil would not go quietly into that good night. And he has. And I always thought that this was kind of a very unfair comment to make about Bolsonaro, because whatever he may or may not want to do, you can't have a coup without the armed military might of the police, the secret services, and the army behind you, the hard ministries that actually uh, facilitate power. And there was no sign this was going to happen. Quite the contrary. Anybody who's ever been in Brazil or talked to their military knows that nobody wants to go back other than Bolsonaro to the dictatorship of 1964-1985, that the Brazilian military sees this as a calamity, that it absolutely was planning to stay out of any sort of political problems. And without a military, you can't facilitate a coup. At the edges, there were some policemen who were pro-Bolsonaro, and there were some minor shenanigans, but nothing that affected the overall result in any significant way. So I always thought this story was sort of hyped commentary out of the mainstream media, and that you have to, to have a coup, you actually need a military to, to launch one. And there was no sign that Bolsonaro had asked anyone to launch a coup, which he did not, nor that anyone would go ahead and engage in a coup, even if he asked. So for these kind of key, basic, commonsensical reasons, I left the smelling salts away and decided to do some thinking of my own. So we've avoided calamity. Brazil has a, a huge uh, population, abundant natural resources, and a world desperately in need of them. The next thing that people do wrong in terms of political risk is to constantly make things be about personality. Now, as a historian, I believe that personality fundamentally matters, that I believe that you can't explain, for instance, the Vietnam War and the Democratic response to it unless you know that, that Bobby Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson 
absolutely hated each other. And this played into Lyndon Johnson's political calculations in 1968 that, as Heraclitus said, the great Greek philosopher, character is destiny. And while that's true, so are structural factors. And it's the mixing of structural factors and character that matter here. But without the basis for a coup, without a military or police or an intelligence service willing to engage in a coup, it doesn't really matter very much structurally then if Bolsonaro or Lula hate each other or that you love one or hate the other. And the mainstream media, of course, flocked to Lula, hates Bolsonaro as a populist rightist, loves the populist leftist Lula da Silva, known universally as Lula, the once and future president of Brazil, and of course made this clear as though the personalities were all that mattered. But Bolsonaro did not indeed ask for a coup to be effaced, nor did the military engage in a coup. So this was in effect kind of a false argument. The reality is that personality matters far less than the political outcome that came from where we are. And if you look at the political outcome, it's very clear. You have a very narrow election win by Lula, much more narrow than the polls would lead us to indicate where he was supposed to win a rather comfortable majority. In the end, Lula scraped, clear, scraped through clear and clean 51 to 49%. But that is not an overwhelming mandate. So for those of us worried about extremes on both sides who care about political risk, moderation, and stability, Lula did not win a mandate to pursue some sort of crazy leftist agenda. Rather, he scraped through 51-49. And better, that savvy old campaigner knew it. In his acceptance speech, he said he was going to govern on behalf of all Brazilians and made it clear that half the country he's aware, did not vote for him. And this is all good news indeed. But then the other piece of the structural puzzle that matters isn't just the personality of the person in charge, but as we've seen in America, the political cards that he's dealt, the constellation of forces that are out there for him. And in this case, Lula's been dealt a very bad hand indeed, meaning that the right controls the Congress. So we have a chastened, barely re-elected re Lula, who scraped through 51-49, a much closer result than anybody had anticipated. We have a right-wing Congress, and we have a Lula who last time governed, and you have to look at history, as always, that's the key fact for those of us in my firm and why our call record is the best in the business. You have to look at what Lula did last time. He talked a good populist game, and indeed he used some of the success that Brazil economically had under him to start Bolsa Familia and actually raise the living standards of a lot of poor Brazilians, and he's remembered very fondly for doing so when times were good. He managed to do all that, but at the same time, he now one forgets that he governed as a as a monetarist in terms of stability, macroeconomic stability. Well, for a political risk guy like myself, this is heaven. We have a populist leftist governing as a moderate economically and then using that economic wherewithal to help his constituents. Last time, Lula was a huge positive story. This time, given the situation politically that Lula finds himself in, chastened, barely limping home to victory, and with a right-wing dominated Congress, he wouldn't be able to enact a populist leftist agenda if he wanted to, which he doesn't, given his history. But even if you assume I'm wrong and that secretly he's hiding Trotskyite tendencies that he didn't show during his first two terms in office last time, that I'm entirely wrong about history, which I'm not, but assume that I am, Given the political circumstances of the moment, with a rightist-dominated parliament and a 
bare majority voting for Lula, he certainly is going to be unable to govern as a leftist. And this is great political risk news. So how do we look at all the pieces put together? We have democratic stability in Brazil. For all the hysteria about a coup, there wasn't the whisper of one. The military did as it said and remained utterly loyal to the Constitution and the Brazilian Republic, as did the vast majority of policemen and the intelligence services. Obviously, this is good political risk news. In Lula, historically, we have a leader who, although he talked like a populist leftist, governed as a balanced budget monetarist, uh, then giving the proceeds of, of Brazil's resource boom to his constituents through Bolsa Familia. He's even less likely to go off the reservation this time because he can't. The Congress is dominated by right-wing forces, and he barely scraped home to victory. This is great news. This means we're going to have a moderate leadership in Brazil. We've seen the resilience of Brazilian democracy, a moderate leadership given the conservative Congress and the leftist Lula together having to negotiate deals to get anything done economically. And at the same time, we have a country that's just renewed its credentials for democratic stability and is resource-rich in a world that is resource scarce. For all these reasons, this is very, very good political risk news in Brazil, which must now be a buy moving forward. It absolutely must be seen as good news moving ahead. We always focus on the negative. Here is an emerging market story that is incredibly positive. Thanks very much. Wanted to say something positive before I pack my bags for my grueling gruesome 4.30 start in the morning. Can't wait to get to Barcelona to meet so many of you again, hang out, get to talk through all the important issues of the world, and continue my roadshow of eight events just in, in the autumn alone. For those of you who haven't subscribed yet, please do so. And for those of you who have, we're asking for only $70 a year to keep finding good news amidst all the gloom as we make sense of this fascinating planet that we find ourselves on. Take care, and I've got to go pack.